something that really has helped me is getting clear on what the 2am problem is. What is it that keeps them awake staring at the ceiling at 2am? And once you get clear on that and you can start to unravel well, what are other characteristics, what are some of the other emotional aspects, what are the demographics around that person, around that 2am problem, you can start to paint a much clearer picture, but you need to get really, really clear on what that thing is. Who it is that we want to work with, I think, is a really important thing to understand, not just when we're starting out, but also to consistently revisit as we build our business to go, is this still the person we want to help and that we can help the most? Welcome to the Influence by Design podcast. I'm Samantha Riley, authority positioning strategist for coaches and experts. If you're ready to build a business that gives you more than just a caffeine addiction and you dream of making more money, having more time and having the freedom to be living your best life, then you're in the right place. It's time to level up. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your Thursday co-host, Samantha Riley, and joined as always by the lovely Tim Hyde, who is also a new podcast owner. I know, right? Congratulations on your brand new podcast. Thank you. I appreciate all of your assistance in helping me launch that. It's been fantastic. I think by the well, depends when you're listening to this one, we should be up to to five episodes out of released. Uh, more clients, less effort on all good podcasting platforms and absolutely um, getting some fantastic really some, some really fantastic feedback from it already which is very very exciting to hear so good and oddly enough i mean you know ibd the influence by design is you know well into the 500 episodes mark now you know i'm down at the other end at five episodes despite the fact i've actually podcasted since 2001 right this is a real bizarre thing but what i've noticed already is the number of invitations i've already had to be a guest on other people's podcasts because they listen to mine is surprising, even for such a young for such a young show. Well, congratulations that you've grown up and gone out all on your own. <laughs> I think it's right. fantastic. Got my big boy pants on now, and away we go. Yeah. So don't stop listening to Influence by Design, of course. Tim will still be here every Thursday, but if you do want a, another podcast to listen to, then I highly recommend More Clients, Less Effort. But today we're on Influence by Design and we're continuing the conversation that we had a few episodes ago around the 11 mistakes business owners make. And today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into understanding your customer or the opposite. We you know what happens if you don't understand your customer. And this is something that I see a lot of people making and Gosh, I'm, I, I'm even going to put up my hand and say sometimes even, I was going to say sometimes even it affects me. A lot it affects me even. You and I have even had a lot of conversations around this together. Oh, absolutely. I think we constantly need to revisit this and a lot of our audience will know I do a lot of networking and every time I hear someone get up and spend like an hour articulating who their ideal customer is by going into what they do for them. Mm-hmm. I go, okay, you need some help. You've got some fundamental missing steps, right? Right at the foundations, mm-hmm. right at the very basics. Forget your Facebook, forget what content you're going to put out, forget your TikTok and your Instagram. This almost comes first and foremost to us. Mm. Everything that you need to be thinking about, right? Who your customer is and what is it, <laughs> what is it that we want to sell them, but particularly, you know, who cares about the thing you can sell them if you don't know who that person is? Yeah. No, I just want to clarify what you said just a little bit ago uh, around 
you said that people at your networking event can stand up for an hour and talk about what they do. What you were meaning was when you say to someone, you know, what is it that you do? They say things like, well, I have a course or I run retreats or I sell this thing. And that is not where we want to go at all. We want to really get clear on who it is that we work with so that we can speak to them in different ways. That is what you are referring to, right? Yeah, absolutely. These are these fundamental tests. Who we help, not where they are. And I mean, we'll get into that in a sec. I think where they are is, is as important, but not what we do. Mm-hmm. But that in another episode as well, we've got that in the agenda to come in the coming weeks. But who it is that we want to work with, I think, is a really important thing to understand, not just when we're starting out, but also to con- you know consistently revisit as we build our business to go, is this still the person we want to help and that we can help the most? And I Sam, you and I have had that conversation. We had that conversation when we, you know, rebranded Influenced by Design, mm-hmm. uh, Thought Leaders Business Lab. Those who have been with us a long time will remember the Thought Leaders Business Lab. But even as, as your business and my business has evolved, we've changed who it is that, that we serve. Absolutely. I can, you and I have a document that we share every year and we redo our documents and we give them to each other. You know, this is who we work with. And I think that if we had a look at each other's documents from, oh my goodness, I don't know how long we've been sharing documents. I'm going to guess probably around seven or eight years that seven or eight years ago, they looked very, very different to what they look like today. It's not that long, money because I'm not counting COVID in the middle of that. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. Um, it probably is actually 2016. Yeah, would have yeah, first, exactly. Yeah. So, and the reason that we want to get really clear on who our ideal client is or who who it is that we want to work with is so that we can find these people. So, you know, we're doing marketing in our business so that we can create new clients or sign new clients. If our marketing doesn't hit the right place or the people that are seeing our marketing don't put up their hand and say, oh, this is for me, it's really, really difficult to find these people. And a friend of mine said to me once, it's kind of like trying to sell a Ferrari in a schoolyard. There is a huge, uh, there not huge, I guess, there's always a, a group of customers or, or clients or people that are happy to buy Ferraris and want to buy Ferraris, but they're not often hanging out in a schoolyard. I like that one. I, I'm going to use that instead. Now, I used to I used to say it, it was like picturing the kindergarten kids, right? Now, there might be someone in that room who's going to buy your service eventually, but not many people have 20 to 30-year pipelines. <laughs> For them to finish school. <laughs> uh, also creates a problem around creating content. You, you were talking about this before we hit record, that when you don't really know who that ideal client is, that you're creating content for the sake of creating content. No, I don't know about you, but I sure know for me, I'm busy enough without creating content for no reason. Like my days are busy. I need to know exactly what it is that I'm doing and I want to create content that's going right to the person that needs to see it. Yeah, absolutely. And we find, I think, not understanding, you know, who that person is we want to do. And so content, obviously content marketing is a very important part of our marketing matrix that we've got right now. We've got, we've got ads, we've got content through our websites, through our socials. You know, we've got things that we need to speak to people in different ways, even, you know, creating content for referral partners, customers and, and channel partners to, to share. Content is a very important part of the marketing mix. But if we're creating content that doesn't resonate with our with the person we're trying to attract, 
and it doesn't hit the mark. And I, I, we've spoken to it about it briefly on, on their episodes, but I think there's a kind of thing that not only do we want to create content that our ideal avatar and customer avatar we're talking about here, the person who wants to buy and we want to serve, resonates with them. We've got to kind of like be the attractive avatar for them as well. Yeah. Uh, so it works both ways. It's not just saying, I want to work with $100 million companies, but they've got to work with someone like me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And if I don't create content that appeals to that $100 million company, as an example, right, it's just not going to, it's going to fall on deaf ears. They're not going to look at it in a way that resonates with them and sort of hits those kind of triggers that they want to go, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about the way, actually, I want to talk about the way that I learned about avatars when I first started doing online marketing. And that was some sort of avatar worksheet that said, is your ideal client male or female? And how old are they? How many children do they have? What car do they drive? Where do they live? And we're talking here about the demographics and these are the characteristics of your avatar, your ideal client avatar, however you say it. This, I personally feel, and I'll be really interested to hear your take on this, Tim, being a a marketer, I really feel like I learned that this was the most important thing and over the years I don't even pay much attention to this anymore. I tend to go into the psychographics much more like the the emotional aspects of the ideal client. But I'd love to know from you how much weight do you put on the demographics these days compared to like back in the, you know, in the late nineties. Uh, I think both are important. I think the you know, with the emergence of social media in the in the early noughties, you know, we, we didn't have information on how people bought and what they thought. Uh-huh. And what they interacted with in the same way that, say, you know, last century, you had to pick, you know, you drive a uh, a Ford and you are 35 years old, right? Because that was the information that we could collect about people that kind of informed that marketing decision about what to say and in what channels uh-huh. to say, right? So if you know that your customer drove Fords, you would put your advertising in a Ford magazine. Uh-huh. If you knew that your customer, you know, wear wore fancy hats to the races, you might put something at the races to get in front of them. Psychographics, I think, is more of that, you know, that space about what people do, right? What they follow, what they're interested in. And social media in many ways, and let's put the big baddie in the room, Facebook, Uh um, do that, right? If you pause on anything and watch it for a few seconds, Facebook and Instagram and TikTok are tracking your engagement with that content and creating a psychographic profile of your interests. Uh-huh. Okay, different from your demographics, which is the physical characteristics. And both are incredibly important in creating a profile of the person who engages with your content. Uh-huh. Now, I want to put a caveat on this uh-huh. because it's not necessarily the person you want to engage with this. Uh-huh. back to what I was it's just the person who is, right? And the more we understand who engages with it, it allows us almost like a tracer bullet, I guess, you know, the ones that sort of flare up in the middle of the night to say, well, you're on target or off target. We've got to constantly adjust our what we're doing to try and get on target with the person that we can serve the most, right? And represents, I guess, the other 
probably part of an avatar that we haven't even talked about no. yet at all, right, is some of the other things that we want, right? Can I just... I Can just, I actually help this? Yeah. I just want to share a story that really hones into what you were just talking about then. I was chatting to someone just last week who boosted some posts on Instagram. She noticed that there was two particular posts that got huge um, views, a lot of interaction. However, the videos that didn't get as much interaction were specifically being engaged with by the people that she wanted to work with. And the two booster posts that she was running that had massive engagement, it wasn't her ideal avatar. They were people that were never going to spend money on her program. So we really need to understand the data and it's not just about engagement. We have to really know who it is that is this ideal client. Like what are the things that or what are the characteristics or the the aspects of this ideal client and really understand what it is that's going to make them that ideal client. Things like, you know, are they likely to buy our product or our service? Are they likely to refer? Uh, are they likely to be, you know, have the right sort of mindset to be able to do the work? These kinds of things. Yeah, like absolutely, Sam. And there's a combination of things. And it's a very, I think it's a very different conversation you have when you're just starting out to you've got runs of the board and you've, you know, you've served 50, 100, 200, 500,000 clients, right? It's a very different conversation. You know, when you're just starting out, you're probably doing a little bit of navel gazing and going, I think this is the person I can probably serve really well. They're going to get value from what it is that I can do. It will be transformative for them. They can probably pay what I want to get paid, right? And all those kinds of things. When you've got, you know, a bunch of clients under your belt, you can start to come back and look at those with a little bit more, I guess, maturity and go, well, of the clients I've worked with over the last 12 months, who represented the people we actually got lots of value for? And I think that's a key question, right? We actually want to make sure that the thing we do actually transforms people's life, uh -huh. right? And if you're finding that you're not transforming the, you know, before state to after state, you're probably not necessarily attracting the right person uh -huh. to your business, even if you want them, okay? You're probably not necessarily attracting the right person. But I think I've got other ones like, you know, are they easy to work with? Do they have a sense of humor? What else did I write down in mind? You know, do they have a growth mindset? Uh -huh. You know, are they vulnerable enough to ex accept help? Yes, that's uh, a huge but one. Willing enough to, but willing enough to take action. Yeah. And there's other characteristics, I think, that are different from, you know, male 45, lives in California, drives a Prius <laughs> kind of, to, you know, to some of the things. That, one of the ones I love that you just said was, you know, will they refer me? Uh -huh. Okay, I could, I could have all the clients in the world, but if, if the ones I'm working with don't refer me, why are they not talking about me? Totally. What is it that I'm missing in my delivery of service that they don't feel like they can talk about me to other people? Yeah. Right? And so that's an important characteristic I think we want to look at when we pick who is this client that I want to attract more of and then look at what you've done to attract those people to your world. Totally. The other thing we need to talk about is the fact that many of us have multiple avatars. Now, you explained this really well in that generally we've got a vertical where the kinds of clients that we work with are at different stages. Can you just share what you were talking about in regards to, I guess, being able to find the common 
thread so that people don't completely misunderstand what you do. Yeah, well, this is the thing, right? I think when, if we've got different avatars, uh, you know, for some of us, you might have some government clients and some corporate clients and some private clients. It might be on a, on a um, you know, a different demographic that you might work with men and women, and you might want to put sort of different messages out there into the market on things. But fight, once you sort of start to kind of write down all those commonalities of your different types of clients that you love working with, so maybe there's a four foot 11 business coach who lives in Queensland. <laughs> I might be generous there. It might be four foot 10. Oh, it? come on. It's four foot 11. Don't take away that. Four foot 11. Don't, Don't take steal. away. The... Don't steal. It. Exactly. I, I need that inch. <laughs> depends if, depends whether Sam's wearing heels or not. Um, you know, so you might be working with a four foot 11 business coach in Queensland and a, you know, six foot 11 sort of basketball player in the NBA um, as your two avatars, but what is the commonality between those two people? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the thing that kinds of binds them together so that you can go, well, I can, if I find this common thread, I can create my content and my marketing that speaks to both of them on this linear journey. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's pick something, Sam, completely at random here, not to sort of speak to you, but Let's go liver disease, right? If you're if you solve people with liver disease or weight loss or something, you know where do those people now that I've got these two avatars, where do those people sit, and where do they go to find information out about the thing that they're concerned about, and how do I put myself into that particular channel? And if we get that right, then we can start to look at what are the tactical things we do that allows me to then reach those people. Mm. Because ultimately, they come back to the same thing. They're coming back to your profile, your thread. The words you use in that common space, the website, you don't have 15 different websites. You've got one website mm-hmm. with a landing page that's got to speak to both of these different demographics and even psychographics. Yeah. Yeah. So what's that golden thread that that right. is through all of those different avatars, which doesn't mean that all of your marketing needs to fall under that. I still think that with your social posts, you still should have different social posts that speak to each of those avatars. But yeah, there are times where we need to speak to that, to all of those people all at once. So really finding that golden thread is absolutely critical. Yeah, absolutely. And it, look, it is. It's just kind of bringing that together, right? But we're talking about our core avatar here, right? The core person we want to attract. The more you can speak to them, the more likely you are to get that person and a little halo effect of people around them mm. that are close to that. That is the important thing. We need to go right to the center, right to the bullseye get that one person that we really want to speak to and we will attract the people around the, I like that, the halo effect. I like that. I've not heard that before. We we, I haven't used it before either. I just made it up. <laughs> halo effect, TM. TM. <laughs> not trademarked yet. Uh, but yeah, there is that halo effect. I, I've kind of described it as a head and shoulders effect as well. Right? And, you know, if you, if you picture the silhouette of somebody, right, it's a bit like a bell curve. And you've got, you know, one shoulder that's low, the kind of, you know, the head in the middle and the other shoulder that's the other side. And if you said, like, I want to work with companies that uh, are making, you know, or coaches that are making $200,000 a year, what you'll attract is you'll attract coaches that are making 50K a year and you'll attract coaches that are making 350,000 a year, as an example. Okay. And if you can make your transformation for that group of people, fantastic. But if you suddenly find, no, that that $200,000 is the minimum of person I want to attract, well, maybe you need to actually move your 
language and your avatar up a little bit, mm-hmm. right? To say, hey, we work with people who make 400K, which means you attract the 200K people still mm-hmm. and, and so on. But they've got different problems and they will they be able to afford different things mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I think it's really something that really has helped me is getting clear on what the 2am problem is. And what I mean by that is what is it that keeps them awake staring at the ceiling at 2am? And once you get clear on that and you can start to unravel what are other characteristics, what are some of the other emotional aspects, what are the demographics around that person, around that 2am problem, you can start to paint a much clearer picture. But you need to get really, really clear on what that thing is. I love that, Sam. You know, what what wakes them up at night? Mm-hmm. Or keeps well, what either wakes them up or keeps them up at night. If you can answer that problem. Ching ching. But <laughs> it's like nine tenths of the battle. Not exactly. All the battle, but, you know, a lot of it. Yeah. It's a really good place to start. Absolutely. Really good start. Yeah. And as you mentioned, I do want to wrap this up saying you do need to check in and revisit that regularly because the kind of people that you work with five years ago are not as often the kind of people that you work with now, there are going to be refinements that are made along the way. So it's always worth checking in, revisiting and refining who this person is because the clearer you can get with articulating who this problem is so that the other person can understand or your audience can understand, the easier it's going to be for your marketing efforts to work. Any final thoughts, Tim? Uh, I did that marketing is expensive, and if you don't get it right, uh-huh. you know, I love this quote. This is, un, you know, I like my quotes. They say, I don't know, I, I believe this is attributed to a US senator and businessman in the 1800s by the name of John Wanamaker. Uh-huh. Okay. And John reportedly said, I don't know how accurate this is, says, Half my marketing is wasted. I just don't know which half. Oh, ouch. Felt that straight away. That's good. <laughs> okay. And this is the thing, right? We we do this stuff and we don't really know what's actually driving the needle for us. And, the, you know, we're going to be so much ahead, so far ahead of our competitors if we can move that needle just a little bit into, you know, well, some of my marketing is wasted, right? but I'm pretty sure I, I know most of it works. I love that. I think I, I really want you or the thing that I really want to leave you with today is to take some time out, take out some CEO time, some time to really reflect on who your ideal customer is, get clear on who they are, how they make you feel, because this will make a really big difference to how you show up in your business. So get really clear on on this. When you can attract more of the right people, you'll feel more confident, you'll enjoy working with them, and it will grow your business. So definitely take some time out to get clear on this. And if you uh, have other business people in your network that you know would also get some value on getting clear around their ideal customer, please share this episode of Influence by Design with them. We would love to, and we're very passionate about helping people to build their businesses so that they can live their life by design. Thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you next Tuesday for another episode of Influence by Design. 
Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com. Thank you.